Hello, my name is Blaze Bailey. Hey, this is Chuck Billy from Testament right here on Mars Attack. Hey, this is Tim Ripper Owens. This is Bobby Bliss from Overkill. You stay tuned. Hey, this is Dan Lorenzo from Hades, nonfiction, The Cursed, and my horrible solo music. You listen to my boy Victor on Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Ron Bubble for Fall of Guns N' Roses, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, this is Dave Windor from Monster Magnet, and you are listening to Mars Attacks. Hello, everybody. This is Michael Kiske talking, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, this is Richard Patrick from Stilter, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Hey, everybody, what's happening? This is John Bush, and you're cranking it up on Mars Attacks. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Don Jameson from That Metal Show on VH1 Classic, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. Crank it. Hey, everybody, this is your big daddy-o, Gene Hovland, who has played with your favorite metal band, and you are listening to Mars Attacks Radio. This is Kurt Winstein from Crowbar, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Eric from Gypsy Hawk, and you're listening to Mars Attacks. This is Alan Tecchio from Autumn Hour, Hades, Nonfiction, Watchtower, Lions, Mirrors, and other assorted bands, and you're listening to Mars Attacks Radio. Episode number 42 of the Mars Attacks podcast. I'm your host, Victor, and we kick things off there with a little Huntress off of their EP, Off With Her Head. Huntress is actually working on a new album as we speak. The reason for kicking things off with Huntress is that two of the interviews that you'll hear during this episode, uh, the one with Eric Kluber and with Eric Harris, recorded at the quote-unquote Huntress House. Uh, These interviews took place a few months back before Gypsy Hawk actually set out on the road, and uh, I was able to interview a bunch of different members of Huntress who were no longer in the band, so it sort of made no sense 
to include their portions of the interview. If, if I go by the MySpace anyway, it seems as if Eric Harris is now in Huntress as well. And um, I didn't want to uh, include other things. Just know that Huntress is working on an album and that we'll have new music from them uh, in the uh, near future. Uh, in any event, we do have the two interviews with the two Eric's. Uh, you'll see that some of my questioning, some of my questioning is sort of odd because I wasn't, I wasn't prepared to speak to Eric Harris at all. Uh, I know a little bit about Gypsy Hawk and, and there are a few things that I fumble around with words and different things that I was trying to come up with on the fly. And, uh, I mean, I think it turned out okay. Um, and I do apologize to anyone that I interviewed that day if I seemed a little spaced out or whatever. It was just, I was just trying to roll with the punches and uh, at times it came out well, and, and other times it just came out all right. But, you know, I'm overall happy with the two interviews that uh, that you guys are going to be able to hear. And um, Eric was in uh, Skeleton Witch, and it's interesting because there's a lot of talk about Eric. And I'm sort of unclear as to which Eric they're talking about. Uh, there's a piece that doesn't air where they say, oh, you know, we were good friends with Eric since he moved out to L.A. and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, as things go on, you know, I'm asking about Eric Kluber. It ends up that they're talking about Eric Harris. So uh, it just goes to show. But anyway, uh, very cool band. And uh, before you get into the part or the first part, which is going to be with Eric Kluber, um, I try to make comparisons with other bands that are playing similar styles of music. Uh, I do think that a lot of this does derive from Thin Lizzy and other bands that are influenced by Thin Lizzy. In the latter years, groups like um, uh, Mastodon, who's been heavily influenced by Thin Lizzy, they've gone as far as having Scott Gorham in videos with them, uh, recording a cover of the track Esmeralda, for example. Um, Groups like Baroness, things like that. And I think that Gypsy Hawk, to an extent, and groups like Zool, groups like High Spirits, uh, bands like this have thrown in a lot of the complexity that, say, Baroness or Mastodon have, but they've cut it back to, you know, um, maybe making some of these songs a lot more compact. Anyway, uh, let's kick things off and actually... There are three interviews in this episode. I'm getting ahead of myself here. The last interview is with Alan Tecchio, who I interviewed this week for the Classic Albums column. I've actually been very busy in that department and uh, got to speak to uh, Doro Pesh this week, got to speak to Glenn Drover, former Megadeth guitarist uh, as well, and with Alan. And um, I wanted to include Alan with uh, the Gypsy Hawk guys here because he's got some very interesting things that uh, he's talking about, some experience he's had in the last year with the guys from Watchtower. Uh, He updates you on um, all things Hades, nonfiction, and Autumn Hour. And uh, as we know around here, uh, since Dan Lorenzo is a good, good friend of the show, we uh we always like talking about Hades and nonfiction and, and I always, you know, have to go out of my way to give props to uh those guys and especially to Dan Lorenzo. I mean any time that I ask him to do anything with the show, he's more than happy to do so and you know, he's been nothing but great to me and 
and yes, you know, I I appreciate everything that he's done for the show immensely. And uh, also want to remind you guys to go to Mark Striegel Radio. Remember that uh, Stream A is programmed by me. At least I help program uh, that stream along with Mark. And uh, just recently updated a lot of the songs. Uh, you know, everything else going on. I've been wanting to update that for so long. Finally got around to doing so. And uh, what we're going to try to do is update things all the time. A bunch of new tracks by groups like Anthrax, Chicken Foot, um, Gypsy Hawk is up there. Some Autumn Hour is up there. Hades is up there. Uh, we try to mix it up with various types of hard rock and metal. And, of course, you have my shows on Thursdays and Fridays. Uh, for any questions regarding the Mars Attacks Radio show, just go to MarsAttacksRadio.com. Right on the homepage there, you'll see all the times when the show does air. And um, remember to keep an eye out for the Classic Albums column as well. Uh, also, keep an eye out for the Twitter. And uh, keep an eye out with... Um, uh, with the guys over talking metal, they continue to bring us, you know, some great, great podcasts. And um, uh, you're going to have comments from Mark Striegel coming up shortly with the classic albums column as well. We've expanded thanks to Alan Tecchio, who has commented on pretty much every album that is on the list that we put together. And uh, let me just say this: the list. Yes, I took into consideration a lot of albums that I really enjoy listening to or actually love. But I also took into consideration a lot of different interviews that I've done. And there are comments that come up along the way. Uh, for example, uh, another friend of the show, John Leone from White Wizard, uh, commented on a lot of different choices. And the reason for some of these choices were because some of the artists that recorded some of these albums... Um, didn't like how those albums sounded all these years later. Some of these albums have been re-recorded as a result. And uh, because of this, I also factored in the importance of other albums along the way. And I'll explain this as different albums do come up. Um, we've tried to cover as much territory as possible. Uh, I didn't want to stick in just pure metal. I didn't want to stick in just pure hard rock. Are there things, you know, maybe some, uh, you know, as Alan put it, uh, some bubblegum type metal? Sure, there are bands that have some popular albums from the 80s on here. I'm not going to lie. And why are they on there? Because they helped us get from... You know, stuff that was released in the 60s to the 70s to the 80s, 90s, you know, the previous decade to now. I think it's very important that we keep a lot of great music alive that in latter years maybe has been neglected. Um, and I'm not here to cry or talk about the good old days because there's a lot of great new music that's coming out as well. The thing is, I don't think that we should forego and forget about what God is here. And that, to me, is what's very important. So... Um, anyway, without any further ado, let's get into the track Gypsy Hawk by Gypsy Hawk, and after that we'll get into the interview with Eric Kluber. Who knows what'll be on our minds? 
talking about? <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, we're we're talking about your um uh actually I guess everything after White Wizard. Uh since it seems Let's like you that. haven't you haven't been keeping busy it seems. I have not. No, I've been sitting around playing a lot of Xbox. <laughs> um, now, um, yeah, so after after that went down, I started off with a couple bands, and uh, I did a Megadeth tribute called Rust in Peace, and the whole idea about it was just to do one show. Right. We ended up doing about seven shows, and that was a lot of fun. Um, did we speak about that earlier, or this is all fresh? Um, we, we spoke about that via email, actually, I think through my, or through MySpace, Jesus, through Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, I mean, it was, it was just, uh, it was an idea from Victor, the bass player, who had been trying to put it together for a while, and as you can imagine, doing music on Rust and Peace is, is pretty difficult, and, um, found, I auditioned for him over the summer, and then within two months, we found the guys that ended up being in the lineup. And like right. I said, the whole goal was just to play one show, you know. And we ended up doing about seven shows just around the area, you know, some in Hollywood and some in, like, Anaheim, things like that. And right. the singer, Mark, uh, ended up getting an offer to go do a tour uh, with a bullet, with a band called Shotgun Alley out in New Zealand. So he had to, to step out. And then we got a singer from a band here called Desecrate um, named Nick. And he filled in on vocals, and that was my last show. And I had to sit down because um, I had just joined Gypsy Hawk and was also doing Scattered Hamlet. And then it was just, I couldn't, you know, the time was getting really limited. And um, the funny thing is when I went down to South by Southwest and played with Scattered Hamlet, they ended up playing the best show they ever did at the House of Blues, where <laughs> they it was like a tribute band night with all these, you know, like a White Zombie tribute some other bands of that nature and they gave free tickets out and right. it's a really nice, it's a really killer venue. And I guess the place was absolutely packed with like, Oh, I don't know, like a thousand people in mosh pits and crowd surfing and people going ballistic. So I, I ended up missing out on that gig, which was, which would have been awesome. But, um, so that's, uh, there's, there's some footage on the rust and peace site on Facebook. I think it's rust and peace live, if I'm not mistaken. Right. And, um, so I was doing that, and then I did a band called Shotgun, which was very different. It was very simplistic. It was my neighbor's band, uh, literally at the apartment complex. And we ended up doing four shows. We did, like, a Halloween party and, like, three shows at the Cat Club. Right. And um, so that was that was cool, you know. I had, we had some, had some fun with them. And Scattered Hamlet ended up contacting me in January, it was actually around the NAM convention, and I said, hey, dude, I know this is last minute, it was a Friday, and I said, well, we have a gig on Tuesday in San Diego, and our guitar player, Clay, isn't able to make it, and would you be interested in, in doing a show? And I said, yeah, absolutely. So, I had done one show with him previously in August, and I hadn't right. touched the material since, but it came back, like, really, really quickly, and we did, like, one rehearsal, and it sounded amazing, went and did the show. Um, like, a, like a Tuesday in San Diego, and, and that was fun. And then they, they kind of talked to him and said, hey, you know, Clay's thinking about going on and, and pursuing his solo project, and would you like to become the full-time member? And I said, yeah, absolutely. Because Scattered Hamlet's a kick-ass band. Have you had a chance to hear any of their music? 
I tried looking it up, and it isn't on iTunes, right? Or am I mistaken? It is on iTunes. It's definitely on iTunes. Um, they have an EP release. I think it's called Hillbilly Harmony. Okay. Four songs. And they have, like, a Reverb Nation page and a Facebook page. So there's plenty of links out there. Really solid, really solid, like, good times, blues-driven, kind of black label society, uh, down um, COC style. Right. Uh, unabashed, just white trash biker rock, you know? And, and that was, it was a great time. And so I joined them and we did, we did some shows. Um, just played my last show with them at a strip club here in Los Angeles called Crazy Girls. <laughs> right. It ended up being out. It's a really fun show. I mean, one of my neighbors in the neighborhood is one of the dancers there. And the funny thing is I actually <laughs> met her on tour with Wizard in Portland, Oregon. And I'm like, I remember you. Like, I know I met you a year ago. Were you at the uh, Corpaclani show This at the Satira concert? Like, yeah, I was. I'm like, you bought one of our T-shirts. And it's like, oh, one of those small world things, you know. Right. So, um, and she was one of the dancers, and uh, she came out on stage and just shook her ass, and, like, money started flying from the ceiling. People, that's what they do out here. It's, they just walk up to the stage and just throw handfuls of dollar bills. Right. It was pretty surreal, man. It was an outstanding show. Great way to, to kind of um, have a last show with those dudes. And the reason I had to to step back from Scattered was, um, you know, I found out that Gypsy was looking for a new guitar player. And, and the timing was uh, not the best because I had just joined Scattered. But, you know, I've really, I'd seen Gypsy, Gypsy Hawk, I call him Gypsy, but Gypsy Hawk right. a number of times. And, um, just an outstanding band. And I, I said, well, you know, I owe it to myself at least to learn the songs and go for an audition, meet the guys, and, and see how it goes. And so I did that, and uh, I learned like five of their tunes, and we went and had a rehearsal in Pasadena. And it went really, really well. It was actually on Valentine's Day, so not too long ago. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, the audition went really, really well. And they, and they said, well, hey, man, um, you know, what do you think about joining the band? You know, they auditioned a number of cats, and I just thought it was a good mix, you know, uh, musically and then vibe-wise as well, which is super important. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I thought about it for a day, and, and I made my decision, you know. Um, and uh, so I've been been busting my ass learning their tunes ever since. You know, their music is in- incredibly complex, you know. Okay. and all these tunes I have to figure out by ear. So it's been it's been a good challenge to to sit down and learn their parts. Their last guitar player was really outstanding, you know. And I like any time I go in and, and um, if I'm taking over for some pre-written parts, I always try and get as close as I can to what, they're, to what they wrote, you know. Anytime right. I go see a metal show, I kind of, I, I really like to hear the parts played as they're recorded, you know. Right. So yeah, it's been a, a huge, like, just a project, you know. And it's just, it's just a matter of coming home and, and just putting that guitar on and getting down and bringing the pencil out and the blank sheet of tab paper and transcribing, you know. Gotcha. Oh, that's that's cool though. I mean, most people would just say, you know what, I'm in the band and I'm just gonna, you know, do what I want with all these parts and you know, 
go out and showboat and just show why I'm better than the other guy. But, you know, no, I think no, it, not at all. I, I think that's very disrespectful. And like I said, yeah. the previous guitar player was really an outstanding player and wrote some killer stuff. I think that'd be cheating the music to just, I don't know, just, just play kind of half-assed material, you know? You know, that's what I've been doing the, the past number of weeks. We had one, our first show at the Boulevard, uh, which is a very underground punk rock, death metal, like hardcore club in East Los Angeles. And that was on the 13th, I believe. That was like a couple of days before I left the South by with um, Scattered. And, and that was with a band called Witch Mountain and uh, Christian Mistress, who were also really killer fucking bands that, if people are looking for good new music, they should check them out. It's real, you know, just Google it, whatever. So that was a right. success, man. And I'm just taking it day by day right now. It's a Sunday, and we're just having a picnic here. It's a bit overcast. We're having our, not a picnic, we're having a barbecue at the Huntress House out here. <laughs> right. Another killer L.A. band. Yep. And uh, Eric's here as well, if you want to give a talk to him. Sure. Um let me just ask you a few more questions. Yeah, and, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, what do you what do you think um, attributes to the fact that so many bands are coming out, like Huntress and Gypsy Hawk, and there's another band out of Chicago named Zool, which is uh, around the same type of band. There, it's not exactly new wave of British heavy metal, which is maybe what right. White Wizard was going for, but. It's almost going back to the '80s, but it isn't within a you know within that specific um, uh, frame of mind, perhaps. Um, it's I, I know what you're getting at. I think this scene is quite a bit different from the new wave of British heavy metal rebirth scene. Right. Um, one thing I've noticed out here, and going to some of these shows on a local level, is it's really freaking complex, man. Their music is, they, a lot of the guys listen to like technical death metal. And I think that comes across in their music where the parts are pretty progressive and a lot, a lot more techie. Um, and you might even, you might even not notice it just by listening, but if you actually sit down and learn the material, you'd be surprised at how many changes, uh, modulations, um, different parts there are in it. So I, I think it's a lot different in that context musically. And, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it, it does hold um, a, a traditional metal element, right. which I'm not going to say new wave of British heavy metal. I'm just going to say traditional metal. And that really just kind of means it's, it's just not the extreme death metal thing. You know, you got vocalists that that sing about different subjects and, and use more of a singing voice or a gruff rock and roll voice, you know? Right. So it's, it's and as far as the the imagery, I I think it's, very separated from, you know, a lot of the new album stuff. Right. But, I mean, Gypsy Hawk is way more, like, unabashedly influenced by, like, Sin Lizzy, Deep Purple, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of 70s rock and roll mixed with, like, a punk rock slash metal energy and attitude. And yeah. uh, I think it's quite a bit different. Um, I think that's a lot. I think it's awesome. Yeah, and as I was describing that and and listening to you speak, I started thinking of bands like that, like Thin Lizzy and and Deep Purple and all that. Thinking, you know, maybe it does go a little bit further back than than what I mentioned. But uh, yeah, it, it's just cool hearing a lot of 
you know, newer bands coming out that are following this type of of pattern. Uh, it's interesting that so many years later that those bands are still influential and that there are still people that want to play hard rock or metal that sounds, you know, in well, a 70s you know, it's, vein. Also, it's just music, you know. It's, I sometimes yeah. think that the whole influence side of things is a bit blown out of proportion because, you know, we all listen to music as kids and it's not like we're from from different dimension, <laughs> you know? <laughs> it's like, yes, the music from the 70s has been around, and yes, we listen to it, you know? Yes, music from the 80s, 90s, 2000s has been around, and we listen to it. And, um, but I think Gypsy has a, a lot to offer with um, the live show, the power, like a, a feel that I don't think is out there very much at the moment, you know? Right. I, I So I think there's, it's it's refreshing, and it's when it get, comes down to it, it's all about entertainment, and it's fucking awesome. Cool. Um, so you're you join the band as a full time permanent member. This is just for the tour that you guys are doing, or how's that uh, all going to no, shake out? I was full time, man. I mean, they're looking for cool. a new guitar player, and uh, we've already started writing new music. We performed two new songs that they had written uh, previous. They hadn't recorded them, but they had been written previously, and I had to like write the second guitar part, and then we're writing new music as well as I'm trying to play catch up and learn all their tunes. So it's quite a bit on the plate at the moment, you know. Cool. So we could uh, possibly see new music from them sometime this year with you involved in the recording. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. I mean, I can't. I don't know what this timeline and schedule is but absolutely man it's just a it's just a full-time band moving forward doing what bands do which is is perform and write new music and record and it's pretty much that simple cool it's awesome to uh to hear you say that and to uh uh talk to you about this band especially after all the other stuff that went on and um i think it's very interesting that when I tried contacting you to, to talk about uh, White Wizard, for example, you weren't into it. You wanted to move on, and you know your whole outlook was to try to stay positive and try to look for bigger and better things. And it's cool that you know not that. Well, yeah, it was that didn't work out, and that's yeah. the end of that story. You know, it. Right. You know, I was I was did that for a year. It didn't work out, and there's a lot of a lot of music going on out here and a lot of people that are really serious about it and, and doing what it takes which means touring which means rehearsing means writing and moving forward and um yeah there's you know i found a number of good people i mean every band i've been with since has been just so just outstanding individuals and had nothing but good times which is a lot of what music is also about you know right is just enjoying it and truly just loving what you do Right, right, and that right, translates right. live. It translates, you know, at the performance. And it's it's as simple as that, you know, with the right chemistry. Yep. I I agree. I mean, how many bands have you seen live where, you know, people can't stand one another and that really comes off uh, during their performance where they look like a bunch of hacks? <laughs> I don't know. You know, that's a good question. Have I ever seen that live? <laughs> I'm not sure if I've ever seen you know, 
I saw Motley Crue on my, and I remember uh, Nikki Six gave Tommy Lee the dirtiest look in the world. I just kind of found that was funny though. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know what went down. You know, if he went went to a part that he wasn't supposed to play, but something really right. pissed Nikki off. I, I just found it funny actually. <laughs> Scattered Hamlet with Hell Rider that comes off of Hillbilly Harmony. And I apologize to the guys in Scattered Hamlet. Um, for some reason, when I looked on iTunes, you know, Brain Fart or whatever, I couldn't find the EP. Found the EP, figured, you know, I'd give you guys a shout out during the show and include some of your music. So if you're into that, 
go ahead and check out some Scattered Hamlet right there on iTunes. You can download the EP like I did. It's relatively cheap. I believe it's like less than five bucks. So if if you're into that type of stuff, uh, black label type blues uh, based hard rock, definitely check it out. And uh, it'll be interesting to see um, where that band goes, you know, um... I obviously found out about them because of Eric. He had talked to me about them for uh, quite some time. And um, interestingly enough, here I am going to iTunes to check out uh, that EP. And that is three, four bucks is what it costs. And I'm seeing that they have a new single called Stronger. So, again, my apologies. Let's play Stronger by Scattered Hamlet. Scattered Hamlet that just came out in May. Check it out up on iTunes. That is just 99 cents. Um, Keeping things going, let's get back to the Gypsy Hawk tip here. 
Let's play you another track by Gypsy Hawk. This is coming off of their self-titled album. And uh, the name of this track, I'm sorry, the name of the album is Patience and Perseverance. The name of this track is Black Haven, and after we'll get into the interview with Eric Harris. love what you guys are doing and it was interesting one of the things that i noticed when going through all these albums is that there are a lot of bands that are going back and doing what 
you guys are doing. Maybe every band adds their like different flavors to the mix, but it's definitely not you know, a new wave of British heavy metal thing. It's maybe more towards like a 70s feel or yeah, uh, sure. what, what do you attribute to so many bands all of a sudden saying, you know what, we're going to start playing this type of stuff again? Um, I don't know, man. I guess they just started smoking weed and we're just like, man, <laughs> listen to this Deep Purple record. It's actually fucking way awesome. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, when I used to play with this, uh, like, thrash metal band, like, you know, it was, like, always extreme, intense, like, metal. But, like, for me, I don't know, I would, uh, I hung out with these dudes who just got high and listened to records all the time. And they'd hear me on shit like Uriah Heap and fucking, um, you know, like, these older Deep Purple albums and shit. And I was just like, dude, this is fucking, what the fuck? So I'm always just, like, after hearing that, wanting to just, uh, I guess, I don't know, play music like that. I guess everybody else is kind of the same way. I don't know. Gotcha. And um, what band did you play with previously? Oh, Skeleton Witch. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So you've actually um, had, a, had a decent amount of press coming from Skeleton Witch and actually uh, going over and forming Gypsy Hawk. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, what experience do you think you bring over from Skeleton Witch to Gypsy Hawk? Where do you think you've benefited from playing with those guys? Oh, man, I mean, like, you know, Skeleton Witch did it pro, so I picked up a lot of, uh, well, I just, should I just, you know, learn from, like, getting into the, the whole, like, seeing the business and shit with them, you know? So it was like, I immediately had, like, all this knowledge to just, just like reapply to Gypsy Hawk. This is Eric from Gypsy Hawk, and you're listening to Mars Attacks.
go, the Gypsy Hawk interviews with Eric and Eric. Want to thank Eric Kluber for doing that, or for setting everything up, I should say, and for coming on board and doing yet another interview with us. Want to thank Eric Harris as well, uh, Sean from Huntress, Jill from Huntress, uh, Blake from Huntress, um, all of who will appear. Uh, or at least some of them will appear in future shows. Still want to thank them for speaking to me, even if it was off the record in the end. Let's uh, move things forward. Still have the Alan Tecchio portion. Uh, want to get into a track by Hades that I absolutely love. Every chance that I get to plug this band and play this track, I'm more than happy to do so. This is... Exist to Resist by him. Want to comment anything on uh, what you're currently up to? Uh, sure. Well, I've been thrown out of Watch Tower again, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which honestly is, is really kind of put a damper on anything that I'm doing um, musically. I have my band Autumn Hour that's on Cyclone Empire over in Germany, a little German label that we're with. We did one record. Um, it came out here in the States on my friend Tom Durr's label, Rock Ridge. But that's 2009, so that's already two years ago. And we haven't really done much of anything because 
I got the Watchtower offer right after that, and I was in the middle of making a record that I'm still not completely finished with, with a guitar player from Hungary named Daniel Sabo, and uh, that band is called Minds Mirrors, and you can find it on MySpace, myspace.com forward slash Minds Mirrors Project. And um, that stuff's really cool. I'm really excited to finally finish it up. But my creativity has been kind of zapped with this whole tower experience. So right now, I'm just sort of in a in a state of, uh, I don't know, confusion. I'm trying to just get through it because I can't just go and start singing and, and be into it unless I'm really into it, you know. So for me, it's kind of a bummer. Um, but you want, I'll, I'll try to give you the, the condensed version of the story. <clears throat> They had Jason McMaster back in Watchtower. It wasn't really working out for whatever reason. Jason's in a lot of bands, so I can understand time might have been a, might have been a problem, but it's not for me to say because I don't really know firsthand. Um, but they offered... I, I, I asked Ronnie to do a solo on this Hungarian Minds Mirrors record, <laughs> to which he asked me if I would want to do something more with them. So, you know, we worked on a song... Um, it started to go pretty well. It took a little while because I'm not I'm not as musically proficient as those guys are by a long shot. But I think I can. I think what my forte as a singer is is crafting melodies and uh, and harmonies. So they had all their lyrics written already, which were brilliant lyrics as usual, and uh, all their parts were done. And Ronnie would actually help me like get the phrasings down because he you know, he wants everything to be absolutely perfect numerically and everything, and. Um, I'm more of a feel singer, you know, so it took me a while to find the feel he was looking for, but I did. We completed one song called The Size of Matter, uh, released it uh, through MySpace and on Amazon. You can buy it just as one song. <laughs> Excuse me. And, um, wait, I can't talk that. And, uh, and so, you know, we did that song and we went over to Germany and played the Keep It True Festival last year. And it was totally off the hook. We were a bit sloppy. Um, I didn't sing super great. I had uh, allergy attacks going on. That, that definitely directly affects my voice. But we got through the gig, and the crowd was off the hook. I mean, yeah, we can be critical of ourselves, but they were in love with it. It was so, so good and very gratifying, honestly, to be back in a band 20 years later doing it uh, and getting that kind of a reaction. But when we got home... Uh, you know, they gave me a whole story about how you know, I don't have time to commit to big, long tours and this and that. I'm like, guys, we don't even have a record deal yet. Like, what are you talking <laughs> about? And they're like, well, you know, we really want to go away and, you know, take a few months. And I'm like, well, look, you know I can't do that. And you knew I couldn't do that when you asked me to come and do this. So what's the real gig here? And to this day, honestly, Vic, I, I don't know what the real deal was, but they they just basically said it's not working out and they're going to move on without me. So they did. And I worked with some guy who's now an iced earth. I don't know his name, but he's from Canada. And I think Into Eternity might have been his band before that. If, if, yeah. If it's a guy from right? iced okay. earth, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, okay. So they did some stuff with him, and I guess he de they said he demoed some stuff, and they preferred my melodies to his melodies. And I'm cheaper to fly down from Jersey to Texas than Canada. So <laughs> <laughs> they asked me if I wanted to complete another song. So I started working on another song, completed it, um, and Ronnie basically said, what do you want to do next? And I'm like, well, am I back in this band, or what the fuck is going on? Because he asked me to do one more song after very unceremoniously throwing me out for not any real good reason as far as I was concerned. So where do I stand? They're like, well, you know, we're not really a band anyway, so it doesn't matter. 
Um, you know, Ronnie's doing his blog. Ronnie's doing his blog of science stuff, and he's starting to get busy with that EP that he's working on. So I was like, all right, well, dude, I'll finish the record. I would love to finish this record. The songs are amazing, and quite honestly, I think my vocals are really fucking good too. So. I didn't really get what was the problem in the first place, but I put it behind me, and I spent the next pretty much year working on all the rest of the songs, which are very intricate. I'm not going to lie. I mean, and I double and triple and quadruple a lot of my vocals, so to get it all really lined up perfectly takes time, and I devoted that time. And in the process, put everything else I was doing, the Hungarian record, the Autumn Hour stuff, even any 80s stuff that Dan wanted to do or whatever, everything was on hold, and I just focused on this. And then, you know, I, we got to the point where we needed artwork done. They were having difficulty. We had some guy in Texas that started doing some sketching and wanted all kinds of money and points on the record. So I told him, look, I have this guy in Sweden who did the Autumn Hour record. He did the last two Seven Witches records. He's phenomenal. He works for a really affordable price. He did a cover for the Watchtower record. And after, like, two or three revisions, they loved it. And we started finishing up that artwork aspect of the record. We started getting our getting our feet wet, I should say, with it. We finished the cover. And um, the next thing we needed was, you know, info for credits and whatnot. And I told him, you know, I would really love to get credit for my melodies on the songs. And it was a huge fucking problem with them. I mean, they, like, huh. they basically threw me out over it. That's, that's kind of what it came down to. If you were to interview them, I'm sure they would tell you that my chops just weren't up to speed for the record. But that's complete bullshit. I mean, we just needed to work a little bit harder to get it tweaked perfectly, but I literally finished every song on the record except for one, the title track, and then they dropped this, this fucking hammer on me, and I'm like, you know, really? Like, I just blew my fucking mind. I was so bummed out for a number of reasons. Like, now, as a fan, the new Watchtower record is delayed again for however long. Number two, as a singer, wanted to really be on this record because it is that good, and they finally let me sing how I like to sing, which they didn't let me do on the first record I did with them. They, they needed everything super stratospherically high. And, um, you know, it just was a, a crushing fucking blow. So, I mean, I called them up, and I, I kind of, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I kind of begged to get, stay in the band. I said, you can keep your credit for the melodies. I don't care about the credit, whatever. I just want to finish this record. You know, we got so much invested in it. And to be perfectly honest, the fucking response was totally obnoxious. It was like, well, you can't complain about the time you've invested in this record. We've invested 20 years. You've invested, like, what, a year and a half? And it was just really, just really shitty, you know? I mean, they're not assholes, but they really came off like assholes during all of this. And, uh, you know, I bent over backwards for those yo-yos to get this thing done. And, uh, again, I'm just really bummed out that the record's, again, just in a state of fucking flux, you know? But it's definitely hurt my fucking... Um, my my drive for doing musical stuff, so I've just been kind of laying low. It's not going to kill me forever. Obviously, I'll get over it at some point, but right now, I'm really kind of busted up over it. And what's what's the deal with them? They they're going to use the, the this guy that just jumped to uh, Ice Earth to put this out, or you have no idea? I don't think they're using him because they basically told him no and went back to me before he got into Ice Earth, and now with him in Ice Earth. I'm sure, you know, he's not going to have a lot of time to do it, but I don't think they wanted him anyway, from what they said. So I doubt it's with him. I have no idea who it's with. I haven't had any contact with them whatsoever. I mean, the last email was sort of like, it was the subject line of the email was adios. And it was like, well, 
you know, your request for a song for uh, credit for your melodies was the last straw. And I'm like, last straw and what? Like, I've done nothing but be agreeable with you guys and worked really hard to, you know, get things done the way you wanted them done. And I don't get it. You know, like, I just, I don't get it. Like, I've worked with assholes before, and I wasn't being a fucking asshole. No. But uh, I don't know what they're going to do. I hope the record comes out. I'm, I'm totally cool with the drummer, um, Rick Kalaluka, and I'm trying to get him to do some drums on this Minds Mirrors thing, because Ronnie did do a solo for me on one of the songs for free, which was really great of him, and it sounds phenomenal. Um, it's pathetic. That'll probably come out before the Watchtower record comes out. But, um, you know, Rick, Rick was never even played any of my songs. Those two guys, Doug and Ronnie, never even played any of my vocals for Rick. So he was completely out of the decision-making. It was just basically Doug who kind of kicked me out, and Ron just kind of went along with it, I guess because, you know, they're lifelong members in the band or whatever, and they have to stick together. <laughs> but, um, you know, and when I look back at it, I think part of it also is that Doug doesn't want to relinquish any of the control of the band, and Rick and Ronnie don't want anything to do with the business of the band. So, you know, when we went to do Keep It True, for instance, it was me and Doug, just like in the old days, 20 years ago, having to go count out the T-shirts, having to go get paid by the promoter, having to figure out our transportation, like, you know, all that stuff that a manager would do, um, you know, we were doing. And in the process, we had invited to do the Rock Hard Festival for, for this year, for 2011. So actually, I'm sorry, yeah, it, was, it was 2010 we were over there. And... Doug just agrees to a price without even talking to anybody else in the band. And I, and I, I had a problem with that. And I told him, I said, dude, you just agreed to take $2,000 for a gig that's like two or three times the size of the one we just did. And the one we just did, we got paid $2,000 for. So <laughs> I think we should be getting a little bit more money and you should at least kind of run it by me or somebody else in the band before you say, yeah, right? And I think he totally took offense to that. He didn't let me know that. He still hasn't let me know that, but it's just a vibe I got, you know? Right. And uh, I, I don't think he wanted to, to have me be a part of any of that stuff and certainly didn't want me telling him how to do anything. So I think that probably played into it somewhat. And it's just sad, dude. It's sad that at this stage of the game, and we're like, we're like middle-aged guys now, um, to have to quibble over stupid shit or, or to treat each other like this at this stage of the game, I, I just thought it was... I was totally fucking blindsided by it, to be perfectly honest. I never saw it coming. And uh, I think it just sucks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I could understand having to deal with all that, that you definitely uh, <clears throat> you, you, you definitely have some sort of hesitation to get involved in, in anything else or, or, you know, have any aspirations to, uh, to, to almost want to sit down and write anything. Well, that's the thing. I mean, I, I have all my parts written out for this, the last two Slimes Mirror songs that I have to do, and I just can't get the motivation up to get into my studio, which is in my basement. It's not like I have to go anywhere or pay anything for it. I engineer it myself, and I just have to send him raw vocal tracks. And I feel horrible because he's such a great guy, and he paid me for the gig already. And I'm just kind of sitting on it because I don't want to go in there and and just not be enthused about it, you know what I mean? Because it'll come through right. in my vocal. You'll, you'll hear it in my vocal, there's no doubt, you know? So, whatever. I mean, yeah. I hate to blame those guys like that. Like, I feel like I'm pointing fingers or whatever, but it is the way it is, and it really sucks, and I still don't totally understand it. And it just 
it's just oh, it's just shitty, you know. Yeah. So. I I hear you. So. Um, <laughs> cool. As, as far as uh, Hades nonfiction or even Autumn Hour, do you pre- uh, do you see doing anything in the uh, future with any of those projects? Um, yeah, definitely. Autumn Hour is going to start rehearsing next Wednesday, and I'm hoping that that'll kind of kick me into gear at least somewhat singing wise. Right. Um, so you know, we want to do we want to do at least two more records because that's the deal we signed with uh, Cyclone Empire was for three records and I, I feel like I'm kind of letting those guys down now too so definitely want to do that Dan I know wants to do some more Haiti stuff um, you know we're talking with uh, some promoters about going over to do some festivals and maybe like a week tour of the shows in Europe next year as Hades so we're trying to work out those details non-fiction I mean I, I don't know what will ever happen if anything with those guys um, I'm not too interested in doing anything right now, uh, for the for the reasons I've already mentioned, but also because, you know, it just it takes it takes an effort and a desire to do anything, even if it's just a one-off reunion show. And we did one of those a couple of years ago. We did one of those a couple of years ago. Made a DVD out of it. We were very pleased with it because we were very happy and very cool about it. But um, I don't know. I mean, you know, I've got all these other things on my plate, and I feel like I'm neglecting them. But I definitely don't want to just add another one on there anyway, right. you know. Okay. So. And as far as the new Autumn Hour uh, material, how much is that going to vary from Dethroned? Or is it going to be more like a continuation of Dethroned? Well, we've only written one complete song so far. Okay. And, uh, and it's, it's got sort of a Dethroned vibe to it. But, I mean, Dethroned vibe, it's hard to say because there's acoustic stuff on Dethroned, there's some heavy fat riffs on it, and it's not like, uh, sorry, I'm putting stuff going by, it's not like it's one or the other, though, it's a kind of, it's kind of totally different in a way, but it's definitely rock, you know, it's definitely like hard rock, good, how are you, and um, so I think it'll, it'll have some continuity to the first record, but I'm not sure, I mean, like I said, we only did one song so far. Okay. Are there uh, any covers that uh, you'd like to try doing with uh, Autumn Hour this time around? Um, yeah, actually, we had discussed this a few weeks ago, and now I can't remember what it was. What the hell was it? So Here Comes the Rain Again on the first record wasn't my idea. Um, okay. those, guys, those guys came up with it at a rehearsal that I wasn't at, and I really didn't want to do it at first. But I'm glad we did because I really like how it came out. But I never really liked that original version by the Eurythmics. Right. Uh, and uh, so I, I kind of had to twist my arm to do it. But once we did it, I was very, very pleased with it. So, you know, we'll probably do some other kind of cover. I could tell you that on the Minds Mirrors record, we did a cover that might even be up on the MySpace um, of a Depeche Mode song called In Your Room. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, it's really cool. <laughs> it really came out, I think, really, really great. So, at this point, I might have to just do an Alan Tecchio uh, 80s covers CD. Because <laughs> I've done so many 80s New Wave band covers. <laughs> I look back on it, I'm like, wow, I did this one with that band, this one with this band. There's a whole CD. Because I won't make any money from it. But <laughs> You'll end up uh, paying royalties for everything. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> 
This is Alan Tecchio from Autumn Hour, Hades, Nonfiction, Watchtower, Minds, Mirrors, and other assorted bands, and you're listening to Mars Attacks Radio. <laughs>
little Autumn Hour with Texceleration. Such a cool, badass track. Not only uh, Alan's vocals there, but the changes there with the acoustic to, uh, you know, the, the heavy distorted guitars and everything else. Just that entire track. I've always loved it since the first day that I heard it. Thanks to the guys from Talking Metal for bringing that track to my attention. Remember them having Alan on a while back to talk about the Autumn Hour Project. And there's actually a video out there uh, on YouTube with uh, John Astronomy uh, playing with them and uh, playing that song, if I'm not mistaken. Very cool. But, uh, yeah, I want to thank Alan for coming on as soon as I sent the request. And, uh, again, he's full of a lot of great... Uh, stories and you know it was interesting because he mentioned well you know I'm not going to be able to answer uh, or provide you comments with some of the albums that appear on this list and um, I think outside of one album he provided me for comments uh, for every other album and it's just very cool you know the whole idea here is just to get various people's opinions and uh, whether they're good bad or indifferent you know Alan had you know things to say about Everything, like I said, that came up. So it was very, very cool. Um, Anyway, we're going to wrap things up. Remember, you can send your comments to input at MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can leave comments right there on the website as well, MarsAttacksRadio.com. And uh, we have links to the Twitter up there, uh, Mars Aries Attacks. And I'm sorry, Mars Aries 2005 at Twitter. Uh, in any event, there's a link right on the website over to that. And I uh, hope everyone's safe between, you know, earthquakes in Virginia, hurricanes on the East Coast. Hope everyone, if nothing else, has bundled up and has been able to uh, download an episode or two of Mars Attacks to uh, help keep them warm uh, during uh, these interesting uh, weather events or interesting things that Mother Nature is throwing at us. And remember that you can download these episodes right off of iTunes or directly from MarsAttacksRadio.com. You can also stream them directly from Mars Attacks as well. Thanks again for listening, and we're going to finish things off with another track by Autumn Hour. Uh, The name of this track, which is going to be repeated in a second, is Every Day. See you next time right here on the Mars Attacks podcast. Seems every day I'm just a little further from
to be great 